This morning's scripture comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Some days, I just really want things to go back to normal, to the way things were. I want to gather with you all in this place on a Sunday morning, filling the sanctuary with your smiling faces, and sing together, praising God, to hear your joys and concerns in person and to pray over you. I want to watch Gabriel run up the side of the aisle and as the kids gather with Jenny on the step for the children's time. I want to proclaim the benediction over you and stand at the back of the sanctuary and shake your hands and give you hugs and see how your family is and, and hear the funny stories of what the sermon reminded you of that morning. And then I want to grab a cup of coffee and rush off to teach Sunday school and laugh and struggle through the hard questions of applying faith to life and then race back down to my office and zip up my robe and don my stole and walk into the sanctuary again with the organ music playing and lead worship all over again, singing and praying and proclaiming together. I want that again because it was normal and it was grounding and it was beautiful and it was sacred. But, and I didn't know that our last Sunday like that was going to be our last Sunday like that for a while. There was no warning or heads up so that I could relish in its beauty and its sacredness and its goodness just a little bit longer and savor those handshakes and those smiles. It was gone in a matter of few days. Not only our Sunday mornings were gone, but our entire worlds were changed just like that. 
We didn't ask for it, and we didn't really want it, but we did it because we knew that's what was best for us and what was best for our neighbors. And silly us, we thought that it was going to be over in just a couple of weeks. We thought we would be together for Easter, and oh, what a grand celebration it was going to be. Yet here we are, four months later, in the midst of another spike of the virus. And whether we like it or not, life is not back to normal. And the virus is proving that it doesn't care about the warm, sunny weather, and it doesn't care about our political affiliation. It's not going anywhere, and it's going to continue to impact our lives. And so we're left worrying still. Will things ever return to normal? Will the economy survive another shutdown? What will school look like for my children? Will I get sick? Will someone I know and love die of COVID-19? Will I have a job when we come out the other side of this? When will we come out the other side of this? What will our normal, our new normal, look like? Let alone those of us who are going through challenges in life and, and these life changes that have nothing to do with the pandemic. Retirement, a new cancer diagnosis, moving, starting college. It's easy to get caught up in our worries and our wonderings and allow them to consume our thoughts and distract us. And my friend Kate reminded me of the rocking chair of worry. You spend all this time in the rocking chair, worrying and going back and forth, time and energy being expended, but you don't go anywhere and you don't really do anything. There's no forward movement. It's just back and forth and back and forth. When we worry, we forget or we ignore that we are not in charge, that really God is in charge. The God who created the heavens and the earth is in charge. The God that created the tiniest particle in an atom, working everything together to create living, breathing humans and other creatures. You forget, we forget that our God is a God of creating out of chaos, of transformation and restoration and hope. But when we're in this rocking chair of worry, we don't remember any of this. We get so bogged down in what may or may not be, in wondering and in wanting or, or missing something, that we forget to lift our heads, and to see that all God has for us in front of us. We don't realize that while we are busy rocking back and forth, God is creating, calling us to something new and something better. Some days I worry that we won't ever get back to normal, that we won't ever get to gather in this place again like we once did, singing and laughing and worshiping 
together in person. But then other days I worry that we will go back to that same normal that we left, that we won't let this holy disturbance, it, we won't let it be the holy disturbance that it could be. And then still other days I wonder and I worry, what will this new normal look like? What's going to happen? What will it be like? How can I effectively pastor and lead through this? Yet Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I realize that sitting and rocking and worry is not getting me anywhere. And that I need to stand up out of the rocking chair of worry and trust that God's got this. We probably won't go back to our old normal again. Our future as a church probably looks different. Actually, I hope it looks different. I pray that we are able to take those elements that are truly us, truly the body of Christ that is Brexville United Methodist Church, and bring them forward into that new that God is creating out of the chaos of 2020. In Will Mancini's book, Church Unique, he talks about granite and sand. Granite is our core ideals, those things that never change, our purpose and our values. Sand is the method in which we live out those core ideals. The way that we do things can shift and change, and they even must shift and change in order to preserve our granite core. And I keep that at the front of my mind, that granite and sand, as I look to the future, not just of the church, but in life. Because this holy disturbance and the worry that comes along with it, it permeates our whole lives. The way that we do things, it might change, but who we are as individuals, as who God created us to be, that does not change. Our foundation in Jesus is strong and firm, just like granite. No matter what, we will still gather as the body of Christ. We will still praise our God. We will still laugh and learn and struggle through life together. We will still care for and love one another. The granite foundation will remain. But we must stand firm in God's goodness, in God's righteousness, and the knowledge that we are part of God's eternal kingdom on earth. That God cares for us and loves us beyond measure. And if we keep our eyes focused on God, standing firm, not falling back into the rocking chair of worry— then all will be well, and all will be well, and all matter of things will be well. Glory to God. Amen.